This is me, and this is 633 Podcast. I am Kimberly Bellrose, faith coach, podcaster, blogger, and a little bit preacher. And I use my visionary voice. And this Wednesday episodes are my wake up. And my passion is for your believer to wake up and believe for more because there's always more and we should live like it. 633 comes from Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and if you are a believer you most likely know this scripture as seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now I generally use the message Bible and this scripture reads steep your life in God reality, God initiative and God provision. So My partner and I, my co-host, Sharon McComb, certified life coach, and I have teamed up with this podcast to spur the believer in you to believe for more. We have Monday's episode called Coaching Works, where Sharon and I together talk about how coaching helps anyone with anything. And we often find ourselves coaching one another as iron sharpens iron. And we give examples and do live coaching to help you to understand and gain an awareness of the profession of coaching. Now, generally on Fridays, Sharon does an episode called Checkmate. She uses her tips, tools, and trainings, and her 25 plus years of experience with the Holy Spirit to help us really pinpoint our stuck points, our checkmate, and giving us those tools and insight in how to overcome them and get unstuck. So today, today I'm going to talk about the bread of life. If you know your Bible, Jesus says that he was in the beginning and he was the word and he is the word. And he says that he is the bread of life. Now, if you'd listen to our last Coaching Works episode, you'll understand a little bit of my basis of where I'm getting this from because I've had a tough week. And if you follow my blog, if you follow my podcast, you will see the evidence of the lack of posts and the lack of an episode. But that's okay, because God has been deconstructing me and reconstructing me. And one of the reasons is that you know, I have promised to be in this podcast, open, honest, transparent, and vulnerable. So I got into what I would call an overwhelm, a whirlwind, a stuck point, as Sharon would call it, a checkmate. And I, I couldn't pray anything other than help. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is our ultimate coach. And he used many things this week to bring me to my awareness of my stuck point, my awareness of where maybe the foundation had a crack 
I don't know what you want to call it. I just slipped people. I can give you all kinds of analogies because I'm a very visionary person. But the truth is, what causes me to slip is maybe the same thing that causes you to slip. And it's that my spirit man gets malnourished. My spirit man doesn't have the bread to eat. Now I've wrote some different wind words about the manna that God supplies us even today. And you can look that up, that you must gather it. Um, you know, I have, you know, you got to plug in. There's all kinds of them. You know, go check out my blog. God is always telling me this message. But this week, it is, I work in a daycare. And I was with this youngest child at the back of the line in a wonderful hike. And he's, you know, two years younger than the other children. And, and he was, he was falling behind. And he started to sing this little rhyme. Hands on top. That means stop. Now, I only work at this daycare part time. And apparently, one of the other teachers on the days that I'm not there uses this rhyme to get the children's attention to stop moving and wait. And their hands on top give her a visual that they've heard her. So this little boy kept saying this and I, I just thought it was really cute. But then the next day, when I'm crying out to God that I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, I don't know why I'm feeling so hurt is what I felt. I was offended. I was feeling again like a failure. I was looking again at what I don't have. I was looking at the wrong kind of fruit or looking for the wrong kind of fruit. So as I journaled my prayer, my mess, and I am off doing my own thing. I was weeding my flower bed. And I was not aware that my mind was running ahead. But I know that the Holy Spirit rose up in me and said, Enough! Hands on top! That means stop! And I laughed out loud. And instantly... I had a complete download of my hands being thrown up when I've had enough. I'm just throwing in the towel. I'm throwing up my hands because I quit. And that is how I felt deep down on the inside of me. And I didn't really want to say to God that I'm done. I'm thrown in the towel. But obviously... He knows everything. He knows our hearts better than we know ourselves, is what the Word of God tells us. So, then I see my hands on top of my head, and is that not 
where the mind is. Is that not following where, you know, Joyce Meyer has this wonderful teaching, you know, where the mind goes, the man follows. You know, we've heard, I've, I've had win words about that. I've, you know, stinking thinking. And the battle is in our heads. And we're so mean and judgmental to ourselves. All of that happens in our mind. So here I am in my flower bed, given a little chuckle. Then I probably had a very strange look on my face because God clearly saw my wanting to quit. God clearly saw where the problem was. And he said, that's it. Put your hands on top. So I did. I literally put my hands on top of my head. So this is your problem. Now stop. Well, I don't know if you've ever tried to stop something. I'm guessing that you have. You know, if you've tried to quit drinking, quit smoking, quit using bad words, if you tried to quit eating bread or quit eating chocolate or quit drinking so much coffee or quit sleeping so much or you've tried to quit whatever. Maybe you're like me, but when I try and quit something, I usually think about it a lot more because this craving begins to happen on the inside of me that I want to do it. And my flesh, my flesh is not happy flesh. It, when it wants something, my flesh can cry pretty loud. It can create a lot of excuses and a lot of needs and a lot of strength, really. It rises up pretty strong on the inside of me. So to just stop something without filling the space puts me in a worse place than when I began. Now there's a scripture in the Bible and I don't have mine with me right now. Again, I'm driving a car. But there's a scripture that says when the demons were cast out of somebody and then they came back and found the house empty and brought in more and that person was in a worse state than they began. Well, that's what happens from my experience in my mind. If I just quit trying to think something without filling the empty space, it begins to come back in a stronger way. As I try not to think about it, I think about it more. So, like I said, it was a complete download. It was a complete, oh my goodness. And I've heard people talk in the deliverance ministry about open doors and, you know, sin allows this thing to come in or that thing to come in. And, you know, then there's the other side of the coin and light your darkness can't be where light is. So if you're saved, you just can't have any demonic stuff. You know, I am not declaring which way or which side of that coin that I am on because people, I've experienced both. So I've had revelation words 
I've had visions. I've had amazing experiences on both sides of deliverance. So today is not talking about deliverance. Today is talking about my mind and your mind. Now I recently wrote a wind word and I described this little children's teaching that had risen up in my memory recently and I wrote about. And I think I entitled it, Which One Leads You? If you want to go to my blog and look it up. But this is how the children's teaching went. Three children were called up on a platform and as they came up, they said, one is spirit. Your spirit, your mind or soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you are flesh. So these three children went up on the platform, and here they are. Flesh, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. The Bible very clearly describes us humans in this way. We are body, soul, and spirit. Now this children's teacher was saying, and she had them join, you know, hands on hips. And the flesh, she had them line up. So the flesh, the body, was in the lead, and the soul was in the middle, and the spirit was behind. And they walked around in a circle, and there was no question about which way to go, because they were all in the same direction, and they were all going. Now here's what happened. This teacher said, this is the way that we're created. That we're all face the same direction. The body is leading. The soul is like the, the, the force, the decision maker. And the spirit is just leading. It's just following in the direction of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. Now, she told these children that when they received Jesus, when they surrendered their lives to live with Jesus as Lord, he comes into that place of their spirit. And she turned that child 180 degrees. So now you need to picture this. There is a child called body, flesh, facing one direction. The child, soul, mind, will, and emotions is facing the flesh. But the spirit now has turned and facing the complete opposite direction. And then she told them to walk. So now we have the spirit pulling in one direction and we have the flesh pulling in the other direction and the soul doesn't know which way to go. There's a battle happening. And it reminds me of that scripture where Paul says, why do I find myself doing the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do I find myself not doing? Oh, woe is me, right? Is that not what we often find ourselves in as humans? We find for a while we're doing fantastic with, you know, 
with the things of the spirit or we find we're doing fantastic with the things of the flesh and then we're lacking in one or the other and God was clearly showing with my hands on top this must stop that that soul that mind will and emotions is the key and you know this and I know this we must be aware of our thinking we must be aware of where the battleground is we must be aware of how to win and how to strengthen now I said in this win word about which one is leading you no wonder that we're in a battle of our soul because the flesh wants to be leading this this way and our spirit wants to be leading us towards the things of God. And the flesh wants to lead us in the ways of the world, the ways of our family, the ways of our peers, the ways even of our church, the ways of our job, the ways of our education, the ways of our experience. That is the way that our flesh wants to lead us. It's pleasing, it's comfortable, it's gratifying. Most of the time it feels really good. You know what it's like when you're trying not to eat chocolate and you actually eat that chocolate. Or you're trying to quit smoking and you give up and have one. Or a piece of bread, piece of cake. I don't know what your weakness is. I'm telling the truth. They've all been mine. But when we feed the flesh, it feels good. It has a physical sensation and a gratifying chemical response in that soul. So, if we are feeding our flesh and allowing it to do the things, or we feed our flesh from the things of the world and the education and the family experience, if we feed our flesh, our flesh is very, very strong. And our spirit man will be weak. But now, if the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, chooses to make a decision to say, stop, hands on top, that means stop. Take a moment, look at the direction that you're going and what is the strongest, who's in lead, and we say, wait a minute. My spirit man is weak. Why? Why is my spirit man weak? Why is my spirit man not leading? Because we both know, we all know, that if we're a believer, our spirit man is lit up. Our spirit man has tapped into the very, very essence of God. The same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me. And yet our spirit man is weak. How can that be? What are we feeding? So in this little download in my garden, I could see that I hadn't been reading my Bible as much as I have in the past. 
Now, I'm not saying to you people that I haven't read my Bible for a month or, you know, two weeks or, you know, for me, honestly, maybe my flesh is too strong yet. I don't know. I have to crucify it every day. I know that if I go even three days without reading the word of God, my spirit man becomes weak, weaker and malnourished. And it doesn't die out. But what happens is that my thinking, my feeling, and my will begin to weak. My spirit man is still facing that way of God, still hungering to walk this whole system that this is the direction to go. We are to go with the way of the Lord. But if I haven't been eating that bread of life, then my flesh tends to be stronger and pulls me a little bit more in that direction. Or even worse to me, it's like I might not be going anywhere. I'm stuck. I don't want to go to the way of the world and I can't go the way of the spirit because I'm in such confusion and muddle and feelings of hurt and anger and offense or whatever, whatever the mind, the will and the emotions are out of control. And so I might not be going anywhere. I'm just plain stuck and I don't know what the problem is. That's where I was after only three days of not reading my Bible. Now, why didn't I read my Bible? Well, life, life gets busy. Things change, schedules change. And I thought I was okay because I had still been, you know, writing, writing my windward blogs. I'm still praying. I'm still talking to God almost nonstop because that's how I live. I'm still I'm still doing all these things in that seem godly things. But I was not reading my Bible. Somehow, I'm telling you that this revelation that you must, you must feast on the Word of God. It's not okay to think that we just know it and have it on the inside of us. That is like eating leftovers that were made a week ago or a month ago. They have kind of like the manna. They've spoiled. It's not okay to eat once a week from the word of God on a Sunday and fast the other six days from the word of God. Jesus said, I have bread that you know not of. He knew. He knew that he needed that bread. And I know that I know the Bible is not enough. 
As I have said before, you can know that Bible inside out backwards. You can know all the history. You can know all the genealogy. You can know, quote, every word, comma, and period. That's not enough. You must believe. You must believe that that word of God is living and active sharper than a double-edged sword to cut even the thoughts and intents of your own heart. Hebrews chapter 4. But you also must drink from the living water knowing that it's not religion, it's relationship. Knowing that you must drink from the living water in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and you must read the word of God, the bread of life, which has the power to transform, has the power to feed your spirit man, that it is stronger and that it is changing and rewiring and transforming and it's cleaning the lenses of your perspective and it's carving out the heart of flesh and turning it into the heart of spirit, the word of God calms, brings that mind, that will, those emotions into balance into clarity of which one is leading you which direction are you going who are you feeding are you feeding your flesh are you feeding your spirit how is your soul today your mind your will your emotions now, the conclusion of this episode is that this wake-up episode is going to go a little different direction next week. And I hope you come along with me because I believe that the Spirit of the Living God has asked me to do this and I am going to be using my message Bible. And I am going to begin in next week's episode and reading, starting in the book of Matthew. And I don't know, I'm not saying that we're reading a chapter of a day. I'm not saying that we're not. I'm going to read the Bible on my episode from the message version in the same way that I read it and I feast upon it, that you will be on this journey with me as we eat bread. And I read my Bible in such a way that something catches my heart and that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me about not just the truth of the words, but how the words show truth to my heart and my perspective and gives me a wake up. So I hope you come along with me next week 
as we begin Matthew chapter 1 and we follow the Holy Spirit as he leads us to feast from the bread of life and have our believer wake up for more because there's always more. Now, if you would like to get in contact with me or my co-host, Sharon McComb, you can find our emails and our websites in our show notes. But you can also, you know, here it is. You can find me at www.633-wakeup.com and you can find Sharon at www.wildflowerwomen.ca So we bless you for being here. We bless you for sharing. We bless you for encouraging words. And we bless you to just be you. So until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.